What's shaking fire nation? JLD here with the income report for August 2020. And there's some really cool things that we get to chat about this month. We're going to talk about our trip to Maine, which was pretty awesome and pretty cool. We're going to talk about the common path to uncommon success. I have a quick update on my book that is being published in the spring of 2021. And of course, we have a great tax tip from Josh, Mr. CPA on fire himself and so much more. A real quick income at a glance for July was $156,000 for our gross income. Our total expenses were $32,789. Our net profit was $124K, which was a $13,000 decrease between August and July. But our percentage of net profit to overall gross revenue was 79%. And of course, anytime we're over 70%, I'm happy. Anytime we're over 80%, 80%. I am thrilled. So we are super close to that 80%. So I'm pretty thrilled. I'm going to be honest. And again, Fire Nation, we have some great things to talk about as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Fire Nation, you can't make consistent revenue if you don't have a funnel that converts. Join the founder of ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, for a free masterclass to learn the three secrets that will ignite your revenue in 2020. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets. All right, Fire Nation, we are ready to kick off. And as promised in the introduction, we're going to be talking about our main trip, which was awesome. And we'll also be talking about the common path to uncommon success, all the updates on my book project there. But we're going to kick things off with Josh's August tax tip, which is all about payroll tax deferral, what you need to know, Fire Nation. And again, this is about saving you money. So Josh, take it away. All right, John, we're at another new month in 2020, and you know what that means. Another new tax and financial bombshell to discuss. And this time, it is President Trump's payroll tax deferral. And as with pretty much all the stimulus and tax and financial programs that have come to us in 2020, there is a ton of confusion on what this means, how it helps, who it helps, and why it may not be helpful at all. So let's take a closer look at all the details here. First of all, what exactly constitutes payroll taxes? And a lot of people think this means that all the taxes that come out of their paycheck are going to be waived. All right. So their income taxes, their state taxes, payroll taxes, they, they think it's all encompassing. But the true payroll taxes for the purposes of this executive order are simply the Social Security and Medicare taxes that come out of each paycheck. And this is going to amount to roughly 7.6% of your gross pay, right? So for those eligible, and we're going to talk in a minute about who is and isn't eligible, you will reduce the taxes on your paychecks by roughly 7.6%, right? Sounds pretty good, right? Nothing earth shattering, but nice little chunk of change coming in your paycheck that wasn't there before. Be careful. There's some crazy fine print going on here. First of all, notice the wording that I used deferral, right? I didn't say a tax cut. I said a tax deferral. This means that as of now, you have to pay any taxes that you quote unquote saved back to the government. So here's how the plan is going to work as of now. Eligible employees will have the option to not have Social Security and Medicare taxes withheld on their paychecks from September 1st of 2020 through December 31st of 2020. But if you choose to go that route, here's the catch. 
those taxes as of now will need to be paid back in the first four months of 2021. And any delay in paying them back will be hit with penalties and interest. Right now, it is entirely possible that Congress is going to vote to make that tax deferral a permanent pay cut. But as of now, they have not done that. And you should plan accordingly that you're going to need to pay that back in 2021. Right, so just let's take a quick example. Let's say that you you were eligible, you decided to take this, and from September 1st through December 31st, you brought in $1,500 extra by, by deferring these taxes. That means from January through April of 2021, you're going to have to pay that $1,500 back. And they're going to do that by your employer withholding extra. Okay, so essentially think of it as a loan as it stands now. So finally, who's eligible to accept this mess of a tax deferral? Right? You're eligible to defer the payroll taxes if you make less than $4,000 bi-weekly. All right? So if you're paid weekly, just cut it in half, less than $2,000 per pay period. If you're in that group, if you make less than $2,000 a week or $4,000 bi-weekly, you will be eligible to take that deferral. Now, it's also not a one-time qualifier disqualifier, meaning if you make $4,000, over $4,000 one pay period, you're ineligible forever. It's on a pay period by pay period basis. So for those who have kind of fluctuating paychecks, if you make over the amount in one pay period, you're not eligible. If the next period you make less than that, you are eligible for that pay period. Okay, so in a word, I know this is, let's just sum it up as confusing. All right, so my final thoughts here, be very careful. There are so many unknowns. What happens if you take the deferral and then lose your job and can't pay it back? What happens if you decline the deferral and then it's made permanent? Does that mean that you just lost on, out on it forever because you were financially responsible? How's this going to impact self-employment taxes, which are the same Social Security and Medicare taxes that are applied to self-employment income, but don't hit until you actually file your return? All right, are, are, the, are those people going to be eligible? The truth is that this is simply a complete mess right now, and you need to tread lightly. There are a million unknowns and almost no knowns. My personal opinion, I would not take the deferral until more guidance is issued. Right? Do I personally think that Congress will eventually vote to make these permanent tax cuts to avoid the disaster that's going to come if they aren't? I do. But I also know that, as we've seen this year, more than ever, depending on Congress to make the rational move doesn't always work out in our best interests, right? There's a lot more that goes into these decisions than what's best for the people, unfortunately. So my very best advice that I can give you here is talk to your tax advisor. Make the decision that's most appropriate for your unique situation. If, if you want a little bit of extra money right now and you have no problem paying it back if it doesn't become permanent, fine, go for it. All right. If your job's a little uncertain, you don't know what your your employment status looks at the beginning of next year, be more careful. All right? Everyone's u- unique situation is different. Talk to a tax advisor that knows your situation, make the best decision for you, but be very careful. Uh, if, if further guidance, guidance is issued here and these do become permanent, we will certainly update it on these income reports. If you have any questions on this or, or any other tax or financial questions, you can always reach out to me directly, josh at cpmfire.com, or we do have plenty of free resources on our website, cpmfire.com.
Josh, as always, thank you so much for dropping value bomb after value bomb in the world of taxes, specifically for entrepreneurs. And Fire Nation, as always, hit up cpaonfire.com for all the great stuff. Or just email Josh at cpaonfire.com. Any questions you might have, he always loves to hear from you. Now let's move into what went down in August. And as I shared in the intro and the intro intro, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the common path to uncommon success. For those of you who are not in the know, I did sign a contract a about a year ago now with HarperCollins to write my first traditionally published book called The Common Path to Uncommon Success. And I am proud to give you an update that as of August 14th, I submitted my first draft to HarperCollins. They accepted that first draft, all 70,514 words. So this book took me around six months to complete, and it was a little rush at the end. Not, I won't say rush, but it was a little bit of a cram session at the end because one thing that I'm doing for this book is The Common Path to Uncommon Success is about what I laid out as the 17 steps to achieving uncommon success in your business and life. And of course, it's in chronological order. For every single one of those steps, I identified who I thought was my dream entrepreneur who was going to come on and share an excerpt part of that step, aka that chapter, on how they have utilized um, their expertise or how they found success with that specific step. And I remember when I first made the list, I'm like, you know, I'm going to make my 17 um, entrepreneurial dream list, and then I'm going to have my, my first backup and my second backup. So I had literally... 51 people down because I was like, I might need to go to my second or third backup. But I am really fired up to share that all 17 of my first uh, people that I had chosen for this said yes. And they all submitted to me my requested audio file. And then I turned that audio file into their excerpt. And it worked out so well. And I'm really excited about it. So just a real quick overview about where we're at right now with The Common Path to un- Uncommon Success. It's going to hit the bookshelves in the spring of 2021. Um, again, on August 14th, the day before we left for Maine, our three-week trip, um, I handed my first draft into HarperCollins with 70,514 words. And all 17 of those entrepreneurs that I asked, my first requests were all granted. And I am super excited about all of that. So they're going to be sharing their genius on the topic of their expertise. So it's going to be really fun to keep you updated on this process as I work with my editor and the book comes to life. I'm creating a companion course to go along with the book, which is going to be awesome. And if you want to stay up to date, make sure to sign up for my um, newsletter specifically on the Common Path on Common Success. It's just going to be, you know, behind the scenes updates, sneaks and peeks and all the cool stuff, uh, kind of how the sauce is made, so to speak, over at eofire.com slash success. eofire.com slash success. So I would love, love, love to have you on that newsletter so I can stay in touch with you about this specific book. You're not going to get a ton of emails, just one every now and then about the latest and greatest. And um, help me um, enjoy this process and share with me the excitement of this journey. So let's move on from Puerto Rico to Maine because let's be honest, uh, Maine is the way life should be. That's not just according to me, who I 
uh, the person who spent the first 18 years of their life in Maine, but that is the state motto, so I love to bring that up whenever possible. But we haven't heard from the great and lovely Caitlin Erickson yet, so I'm going to pass it over to her, and she can start this rap about Maine, and then um, I'll add my two cents in before we move on to the specifics income. Well, before we go to Maine, John, what's up, Fire Nation? So excited to be here as always. And congratulations on submitting your first draft. That's it feels so good. Exciting. It feels good. Oh my gosh. You were, I mean, you are one of the hardest workers that I know. Like you're so driven. That's something that I noticed and really appreciated about you from the very first moment that I met you is just like how much drive and discipline you have and kind of being on the sidelines, so to speak, of you creating this book, like your energy and excitement around it has been really, really cool to witness. And I'm just so proud of you. I'm so excited about this. Thank you for those kind words. Definitely means a lot. And I will say that I was super, super committed to a schedule on this. And this is what I recommend to everybody is that, you know, it's an overwhelming task to sit down and to think you're going to be writing 70,000 words. But what I did as the first hour of every day, and specifically 42 minutes, I set a 42-minute timer as my very first task. This is before email, before social media, before I did anything, anything at all, besides take Gus out, of course. I took Gus out first. Then I came back to my computer, and I wrote for 42 minutes, and that was for close to six months. And so guess what? I didn't sit down and like write 20,000 words in a day. No, I was writing... 1,000 to 2,000 to you know maybe 2,500 words in a day and sometimes less depending on where I was in the book. And it was just pure consistency and dedication to that consistency that allowed me to get to 70,514 words at my deadline. Again, with those 17 excerpts from other entrepreneurs as well, which took some coordination and hard work as well. So thanks for those kind words and uh, yeah, appreciate it. Yes. So, okay, Puerto Rico to Maine. Whoa, so much has happened in 2020. This is not news to any of us. I can't believe we're in September here recording our August income report, but that's where we're at. And looking back on the last six months, like since lockdown started in March, it just, it seems unreal, right? It kind of is like almost, sometimes I feel like everything that's happening is just like kind of floating there. Um, you know, we've had to cancel a lot of trips and a lot of plans that we had, as I know everyone tuning in has had to make different arrangements, um, depending on if you have kids, like the whole school thing. Oh my goodness, there's so much. Um, we've also had to set aside trips planned with family. We're actually right now supposed to be in Fiji celebrating our top 10 status for the Knowledge Business Blueprint launch, which was canceled, of course. Um, and so since nothing has happened as planned this year, we decided to take this opportunity to refocus, refocus on our business, refocus on our priorities and refocus on our families. And this led us to decide to extend a trip that we had planned to Maine for, we've been planning this trip for quite a while now, um, instead of canceling it. So in mid August, we hopped on a plane with our masks and a lot of supplements and we were 
were off to Maine. It was a, a super smooth trip, um, of course, careful along the entire way. And um, we arrived in Maine safe and sound. We had a great itinerary lined up. We were so excited to hop around the state and enjoy every last bit of summer that Maine has to offer. The leaves are already changing, which in my mind sounds crazy, but it is September again. So (laughs) there's always that. Um, So we started our first week at the shack on Kennebunk Pond, which is John's parents' place. And this was really our time to just kind of sit back, enjoy family time, relax. We did tons of great activities on the lake, um, water skiing, swimming. We were doing walks. I I think I was walking like 12,000 steps a day. I I got a few runs in there as well. Um, Boating, paddle boarding, card games, deck conversations, barbecues, so much awesome stuff. Of course, this all after we got our negative COVID test results. And Yeah, I had that that great peace of mind that, you know, hanging out with family and, um, you know, having our own familial pod in Maine was um, safe for everyone involved. Um, we have some great pictures over on the post that accompanies today's episode, so you guys can check those out. Maine is just such a beautiful state. If you've been there, you know this. If you haven't, Either way, definitely check out the shots. We have um, some really beautiful ones from our trip, eofire.com forward slash income 84. And uh, so after our week on K-Pond, we made our way north to Portland to stay in an Airbnb right around the corner from John's sister and her family, niece and nephew, brother-in-law. Um, again, as you can see, theme here was family, family, family. So the next five days were filled with a lot of Monopoly deal games, which is such (laughs) a fun game. Um, I never tallied up number of wins and losses. Did you, John? Um, well, I will say if we're including our trip up North, Art is probably the winner. My father, Arthur Dumas. No way. You think that he won the most games? I think he won the most games that he was involved with, like percentage-wise. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, we did lots of walks into the Old Port, which is where John and I lived for two years, right at the very start of our relationship, way back in 2011. <laughs> and that was the scene of the launch of Entrepreneurs on Fire. So we got to literally walk down memory lane, the cobblestone street that we used to live on, glance up to our apartment unit and know that that is where, gosh, so much started there. Um, so great quality time with the kids, lots of fun time in the old port. And then our last stop of the trip was heading up north to Moosehead Lake. Incredible, incredible lake. Um, and we got to spend a week up there. We did so many incredible hikes. We hiked Kineo, we hiked Big Moose, we hiked Eagle Rock, um, those were really difficult hikes. Actually, I might stretch to say that Big Moose is one of the most difficult hikes that I've done. And I've hiked in Yosemite. I've hiked, um, you know, in Colorado. Like, I've done a lot of great hikes. These hikes were tough. Um, but, oh, man, did we have such a blast up at Moosehead. Again, we have some great pictures of our time there. Um, but, John, now that I've been hogging the mic for a while, talking all about our travels to Maine, why don't you uh, jump on and tell a bit about your experience there? 
very enjoyable experience. I always do love going back to Maine and like the August, September timeframe. To me, the fall is the best time to be in Maine because personally, like I just kind of like that little crispness in the air when you can get it because of course I get plenty of heat and humidity down here in Puerto Rico. So I kind of like that uh, fall slash autumn feeling that Maine does provide. And, you know, we definitely love going up and spending time with my parents up at our, their lake house, Kenny Monk Ponds in Maine. And then, you know, getting up to Portland, where Kate said, you know, where we have so many great memories, spending time with my sister, brother in law, niece, and nephews, always fun. And, you know, getting up to Moosehead and doing those great hikes was super enjoyable and really putting the steps in. And again, please listen to Kate because those pictures that she took were spectacular. And you're really going to get a great vibe for Moosehead Lake, the hikes that we took, the panoramics. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures right now as I'm speaking and they're just epic, epic photos. Like I'm really loving it. That one that we took, Kate, up on um, the Kineo Fire Watchtower. Must have been in like portrait mode or something because it's such a clear, unbelievable photo that's uh, definitely going to go down um, for the ages. It's just an absolute classic main photo of the two of us. And just that the, is really great. The other ones are also great as well. It just shows you just the great northern woods of Maine. So a lot of cool stuff, a lot of fun times. One uh, unfortunate thing that I will share from the trip is. I had rented a pontoon boat for two days, and unfortunately, the wind was not cooperating with us. It was like three to four foot swells, if you can even picture that on a lake, but that's what it was because Moosehead is such a big lake. It's one of the biggest lakes in Maine, if not the biggest, and it was just not going to happen. Like These swells were not going to allow us to get out and enjoy the lake like I had pictured. So that was definitely a bummer, but you know it is what it is at the end of the day, and we were still able to get on the lake a couple other days that were calmer and enjoy it um, on my friend's Alden Thayer's boat. So we definitely did get out on the lake and enjoy that as well, um, but that kind of pontoon family experience that I had pictured didn't come to fruition, so you know, not everything was perfect about the trip, of course, but a lot of great times, a lot of great memories, and highly recommend it. So before we move into the August 2020 income breakdown, Kate, anything you want to add? Yes, I'm actually reminiscing, and I can't believe that we didn't bring this up while we were there on Kineo. Isn't that where Alden and Debbie met Mr. and Mrs. Adventurer? Wow, what a memory. So it was actually the Kineo landing, if you can picture yeah. that. That's where they met them. That's so cool. So just a, a quick description, like where we were staying on Moosehead Lake, you can just take a ferry across to get to Kineo. Um, there is a drive that you can do, I guess, but it's like way out of the way. And the ferry ride's like a five minute ride. I mean, it's so close. So if you have a boat, super easy access, but it's essentially an island. Um, and it's a great hiking spot. So a lot of people will go to this location to take that ferry to Kineo and hike that mountain. And if I remember correctly, the um, Mr. and Mrs. Adventurer, if you haven't checked them out yet, definitely check them out. They do great videos. They travel um, in an RV, in a camper, and they just explore like the most beautiful places in the world. And um, they they share really great travel tips and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check them out. But they were stuck on Kineo, right, John? They weren't able to catch the ferry back or were they trying to go to Kineo and the ferry wasn't running? I think it was something where they weren't going to be able to um, actually get the, the ferry back in time. So Alden and Debbie just offered to go pick them up on the islands. Uh, they're so amazing. Like Debbie and Alden are just 
They're so, their entire family, such an incredible family. But um, that's how we met Mr. and Mrs. Adventure. And since we've hung out with them in San Diego, um, we've done some great hikes with them. But anyways, it's just like kind of a cool story. And again, I can't believe that we didn't bring that up when we were all on Kineo. But yeah, fun fact. Very fun fact. And again, get over to those pictures, eofire.com slash income 84. In Fire Nation, we are going to be back as soon as we thank our sponsors with the income breakdown. How would you like the exact blueprint of what the top 1% of ClickFunnels users are doing differently that the other 99% are not? Well, you're in luck. My buddy Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels, created a masterclass to share the top three secrets they aren't willing to share, and it's free. During this masterclass, you'll learn the number one funnel secrets, the number one conversion secrets, and the number one traffic secrets to help you grow your business faster than you ever could have imagined. And these secrets aren't just assumptions. They're proven by entrepreneurs whose businesses are on fire. Register for your free seat today at eofire.com slash secrets and be prepared to ignite. That's eofire.com slash secrets. All right, Fire Nation, we are back and looking forward to sharing with you the details and the income up breakdown for August of 2020. Uh, we had a great, great month of sales for journals. We did 675 journal sales in the month of August for a total of $20,000 in revenue. So very, very good month for that. We did 274 Freedom Journals at number one, 234 Mastery Journals at number two, and 167 Podcast Journals for number three. And Podcast Journal has been kind of winning it the past few months, if I remember correctly. So um, definitely interesting to see the Freedom Journal take back control but uh, Kate, why don't you maybe jump in here real quick and just share uh, some details about who we've been working with to uh, up our journal game on Amazon. Yeah. So Turnkey, which you can check out over at turnkeyproductmanagement.com, their team, Jenna and a few others have been just really on top of the ball helping us with our Amazon listings, um, the descriptions, the titles. And we ran a promo in August that offered a percent off of our journals if you purchase them on Amazon, in addition to a coupon that we were running. So it was a really solid, awesome deal. We emailed our entire newsletter list about that. So if you're interested in making sure that you're in on these specials that we run and you know announcements about things like John's upcoming book, um, well, we have the separate book list, but make sure you're a part of our newsletter list, which you can get on right on the homepage of our website, because that's who we alert when we run awesome specials like this. But back to Turnkey, they really set this up for us, this entire promotion and, uh, you know, an email and marketing strategy around it um, to help our listings in Amazon rank higher for the search terms that we want them to. And uh, I, I believe we were up nearly 175 journal sales over last month, Wow! which, um, yeah, which goes to show that this was really an incredible push for us. Um, and so if you're looking for help like this, I uh, definitely recommend checking out Turnkey. It's been a really amazing experience working with them. Again, they're very on the ball, very knowledgeable, um, and they've just been 
Hey, Gus. That was Gus. <laughs> you, Gus just wanted to say hello on the income report. He wanted just to do a little hello. I think he's looking at himself right now in a reflection. So he's, you know, scaring himself as usual. <laughs> oh, yep. He's oh, de- definitely scaring he, himself. He's feeling a little left out. Um, so yeah, it's just been an overall really great experience working with them. Um, so yeah, and, and great to see the results from it. Absolutely. And I'm actually interviewing Jeff Lieber, um, who's the other half of the Jeff and Jenna Lieber team um, on Entrepreneurs on Fire this week randomly. And I think his show is coming out towards the end of September. So we'll be getting into a lot more details about this promotion, the actual numbers that we've been able to bump up on our Amazon side of things. We did like a lot of tweaks and adjustments to our Amazon listing. Some of them really small things, but can really make a big impact that we just wouldn't know because we're just not Amazon professionals. So definitely check Check out Turnkey. That's over at turnkeyproductmanagement.com. Highly recommend those two. And if you're listening to this in later September of 2020 or later, um, look for Jeff Lieber's interview on Entrepreneurs on Fire. I'm sure he rocked the mic. I haven't interviewed him yet, but it's coming up soon. And uh, they have a, a full team as well, but they they run the show, which is pretty cool to see. So uh, yeah, loving the rocking of the journal sales. And Podcasters Paradise also brought in $20,000. So that was great to see as well. Um, our podcast sponsorship just continues to crush at $96,000 for the month. Our affiliate income was $21,557. Um, some of the all-stars there was ClickFunnels at $13,000, KBB payout at $3,800, Crush It With Challenges paid out at $3,000, um, and we did um, Amazon Associates is still paying us out a little bit, $116. So uh, just a recurring revenue coming in. But again, all of our recurring revenue and all of our recurring expenses, you can check out in full, in detail. We list out every single one, eofire.com slash income 84. So as always, I want to share our total expenses for the month, which were $32,789, which gave us a net profit of $124,170, which makes the 84th month in a row of over $100,000 in profit, which pretty proud of. Um, hope we don't break that streak anytime soon. So uh, let's keep on trucking, Fire Nation. Kate, the biggest lesson learned for the month, the last dance. Dun, dun, dun. You know what's coming with this one. I just finished watching the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. And oh my gosh, it was so inspiring. It's the best. It, w- it was so good. I mean, I think especially like for our age range, John, like Michael Jordan was, you know, coming up out of like, oh man, he was just so big when I was, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, going into high school. I was so into basketball. So like, I loved watching Jordan. I actually don't even know if you know this about me, but I kind of had maybe it wasn't abnormal after watching this documentary and knowing how huge Michael Jordan is, but I had quite the obsession over Michael Jordan to the point that I remember multiple Christmases in a row. My ask of my parents of what I wanted for Christmas was like Jordan gear. I got Jordan boxers. (laughs) I got Jordan, um, you know, tank tops 
And I remember I never spent probably more than like 20 bucks on buying something for myself with my savings because, you know, I took my savings very seriously. Um, my, uh, my chores money was, uh, you know, very coveted. And I remember when they came out with the women Air Jordans because they were coming out with the men's Air Jordans way long before they ever made uh, a version for women specifically. I spent $119 more than I'd ever spent on anything before the day those came out. And I was so excited to be sporting the women Air Jordans on the court. Oh my goodness. So Fun fact, and just like a random side note, but if you have not watched this documentary yet and you are a basketball fan, a Michael Jordan fan, it is just, it's so well done. It's so great. John, you agree 100%, right? 100%. And I actually grew up not liking Michael Jordan as an athlete just because he was our biggest rival with the Celtics. He was so, so good. So I was just blown away by this documentary. It was the best. I mean, that's California for you. Like I've, I've never really had like your, the new England love for sports teams <laughs> is not something that I experienced growing up just because our sports world in Southern California was never like super hot. I mean, I guess you could argue, of course, like the Lakers, um, really came up there for a while, but anyhow, Back to The Last Dance. I mean, there were just hundreds of things that Michael Jordan talked about throughout these 10 episodes. So this is a 10-episode series. It just brought back so many memories from my high school basketball days, from the days when I was just like, had Jordan posters everywhere in my room. Like, my walls were covered with his posters and ads and all of that. And it reminded me also of just like, the drive and the discipline and the love for the game that he had, like what he gave to be the best at, at what he did is just, I just think it's so inspiring. I, I loved this documentary. And one of the quotes that stood out to me in particular that like really kind of brought me back into the entrepreneurial world is um, he said, why would I think about missing a shot I haven't even taken yet? Why would I think about missing a shot I haven't even taken yet? And I mean, at first, like this brought back so many memories of me playing basketball because uh, that's all I would think about before I would shoot. Like, what if I miss this? Such a bad mindset to have about it. Like, why are you thinking about missing something you haven't even done yet? And as entrepreneurs, like, you know, what, what I started thinking about even more so than that, than, you know, my high school basketball days <laughs> is, as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to let the imposter syndrome and these doubts and these fears creep in. And so often we let these things cripple our progress and stand in our way. They prevent us from creating what we can see so clearly because all we're thinking about is what if we mess up? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? You know, all of these negative perspectives and uh, this quote just really hit me hard. I now have it in my office to remind me that fear and doubt, they don't have to cripple you. And I certainly don't want them determining my actions. Like that fear-based type of action um, will keep you on a treadmill. And I hope that me sharing this quote with you today will help you too. Why would I think about missing a shot I haven't even taken yet? 
Fire Nation, thank you again for tuning in. We will catch you, of course, next month for September's Income Report. But as always, check out eofire.com for our newsletter, our free courses. Of course, there's Entrepreneurs on Fire, the podcast, which you're probably listening to right now. Um, We're coming up with shows at a minimum Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes I throw in a bonus weekend or Tuesday episode. And of course, check out Ditch Busy, which is Kate's great podcast all about making overwhelm a thing of the past. And we will catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, you can't make consistent revenue if you don't have a funnel that converts. Join the founder of ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, for a free masterclass to learn the three secrets that will ignite your revenue in 2020. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets.